on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on a Monday, November 8th. LA Galaxy out of the playoffs. Stunning out of the playoffs. Last 30 seconds of a game put them out of the playoffs. Last five minutes of their season is the only time they've been below the line. We're going to talk about the game against Minnesota United. We'll talk a little bit about the controversy erupting and still sort of uh, fanning the flames. Like nothing will happen for it, but we're going to talk about it. SKC and RSL and that game and how that finished and the handball that was not a handball that Pro now says was a handball. Big surprise. So we're going to talk about that a little bit into the offseason and, uh, you know, just some, some stuff to touch on. We don't want to get too deep into it. There's a whole offseason to talk about the offseason. We want to get through this particular game. To help me do all that, he's back. He was in the press box sitting next to me. He's the first, he's the like third person I told that the LA Galaxy were out of the playoffs after I shouted it into the press box. It's Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Hey, Kevin, how's it going, buddy? Hey, are we going to be like hugely critical tonight? Or is that just reserved for Sophie on Thursdays? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to Well, with the way the Galaxy played, I imagine that uh, that overly critical or or appropriately the critical is probably the, the correct word for yeah, it. Appropriately. Oh, by the way, I just noticed I'm looking at monitor one there. Yes. I got my... Mexico jersey on. That's probably not appropriate for the week of the Mexico-U.S. qualifier, is it? Well, I mean, the, the thing is, you're rarely appropriate, um, and we're yeah. all still surprised that you're employed. So, you know, other than that, it's well, it's one well, of those. Hold on, yes. let's fix that. <laughs> oh, oh no, we we're gonna do a wardrobe. This is what it's come down to: is Kevin thinks he can make wardrobe changes in the middle of in the middle of shows. He probably knocks stuff we, over. There we go. That's that's better. I did knock stuff over. That's yeah. better. Okay, good. Now you're wearing a you. That's that's inappropriate as well. By the Oops, way, that's the thing. There yeah, we go. Yeah, that, yeah. No, why, why is that inappropriate? Because you're gonna go cover them as well. So. Oh well, yeah. Yes. Okay. So good. I'm. But I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm, there's not gonna be no handballs in the box from me. I promise. <laughs> that's. Is that what your wife said? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you can say that on the but, air. Well, you know, it's COG after dark. It's been a long season. Can I tell? Hey, you? It's like it's like they say if you, you there's 28 bones in your hand or 29 if you're lonely. <laughs> <laughs> that that one was probably over the line. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing if we're if we're just sort of taking it. No, I mean, oh. I am exhausted. Usually after a 34-game season and after the playoffs and after everything, and this is wrapping up 13 seasons and technically now already looking into season 14 for, for me, um, I, I, I get mentally exhausted, Kevin. This is about the time when you're like, okay, it's good. But it usually waits a week, right? It usually but waits see, a week. You, yeah. But see, you didn't even play a minute. I, I mean, did, you, I started, <laughs> you started four years into Chris Wondolowski's career. This is true. This is true. 
um, and I didn't play a minute, and, I, and I'm still and bore in my arms tired. Um, yeah. So you know, it, it's just I, I'm I'm mentally exhausted from this year. This year was a strange year. the The schedule was strange. The schedule was condensed. Um, the, the the it was condensed and it was stretched at the same time. It was the weirdest thing. And I think in the press box afterwards, we all said, "Man, this season was really short, Kevin." And then also, "Man, this season was really long." Uh, and I think we feel that in the press box, and I know fans feel that as well, and I know the players feel that this was uh, a, a wacky season. But obviously, see the LA Galaxy go out after being in the playoffs for the almost entirety of Sunday. Um, and, by the way, in the playoffs for the entire season, as I mentioned in the yeah, opening. They were above the line all the way until stoppage time. And, by the way, when you talk about what a bizarre, weird season it is, remember we started with 7,000 fans in the stands because of COVID, and then we ended with things wide open but you had to be vaccinated but i mean it that's just been that kind of season it, it is uh it has been and and so now now i guess we're we're back to uh to positions as normal right Twenty three thousand plus at, at dignity health sports park one of the loudest loudest um uh crowds i think that we've heard all season they were listen for as wacky and as if, if we can just separate the result for a second right that was one heck of an entertaining game that we got to watch. A 3-3 draw, the Galaxy going down 2-0, coming back, tying the game, the own goal by Julian Araujo, coming back again with Chicharito complaining about a handball and then scoring at the same time. Uh, he has two goals. I mean, the just 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 from a neutral perspective watching that game, that was an extremely exciting game. Uh, add to it that us in the press box, and I know people in the, uh, in the stands as well, were watching their phones, looking at other results, made it more interesting as well. And sort of just added to, I guess, the anxiety level more than anything. Well, first of all, you've never been neutral. You're either in drive or reverse. Correct. Um, as far as the galaxy goes. But, you know, I really thought you 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 look for signs of like, is this a team of destiny? Is, is, are the brakes going this guy's way? Because you need luck to be a good team. You could be the best team in the world. But luck has to be on your side, too. It plays a big part in it. And so... Junior Rahu has that own goal. The, 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 the weird part about that play was, is there was no one behind him. He thought that he was intercepting a cross and there was nobody there. And he knocked it into the, to the goal. And then Jonathan Bond just, just lit into him. Um, but then they come back and Chicharito scores again. So now, you know, twice they've erased a one goal deficit in the second half. Then the penalty kick comes. Yes. He doesn't even put it on goal. Bond doesn't even have to touch the ball. Yep. That's when you thought like, they're going to get out of here. They're going to get this draw. They're going to get the playoffs. Um, you know, everything was breaking their way. Um, I, I kind of expected Kansas City was going to score against Real Salt Lake, but that game scoreless into stoppage time. Right. Six um, minutes of stoppage time, by the way. They went into six minutes of stoppage time in that. The LA Galaxy had six minutes of stoppage time in theirs. Um, and so uh, it was it was stretched out. I mean, the, the thing is, you could watch it. Uh, you know, very early Seattle scored on Vancouver, and that put the LA Galaxy in a good position because Vancouver losing was one of the things that possibly a draw could get the LA Galaxy in. And so you were watching that. Um, that also needed other things to happen, including, you know, LAFC losing, which they kindly did 5-2 to Colorado. And Colorado really put a smackdown on them, eventually take the number one spot into the Western Conference. So little fight out of uh, out of the LA Galaxy's neighbors on the last day. Uh, then you had the RSL SKC game that just kept being zero zero every time we checked it zero zero every time we checked it, um, and we were watching that. And so, um, well, we and and before we go get too far from that, Greg Vanny was well, he wasn't looking at his phone, but he told us afterwards that that they got word down from the press box um, inst as they started stoppage time that they needed a goal. They were told all along, "You're good, you're good, you're in, we're in, everything's good." And then the start of stoppage time, it's like, "Oh my God, we need a goal." And you saw the Galaxy had put three shots on target in the last 
in stoppage time, the last six minutes. Uh, none of them went in. But, you know, you can talk about, and I know you're going to show video of, of the handball call in, in, in uh, Kansas City. We can talk about that result. Um, we can talk about the, um, you know, number of things that happened on the last day. But you know what? As close as the Galaxy came, this wasn't a playoff berth that was lost in the last day. You think of that own goal they gave up in San Jose to lose. They got shut out by last place Austin. They they had that three-game, what was it, nine-day road trip in September where they scored one goal. Um, there were a number of opportunities. All the Galaxy needed was one point yeah. somewhere along the way. Yes. They started out, they won, as you know, seven of their first 10, eight, I think eight, you call eight it. Eight of eight their, their first, first 12. So they won 70% of their first 10 games. After that, they won 25% of their last 24. Yeah. Um, so it was more than an up and down season. And you and as much as, yes, the final day result determined their playoff fate, they were in first place in August for a day, for an hour. For, for, an, hour, for an hour or so. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. They were. And, and, and as you said, they were above the playoff line until stoppage time on the final day. And it still wasn't enough. They had opportunities to to clinch it a lot earlier than that. They left it on the table and someone took it. Yeah, I, I mean, and listen, you can go through all of the, uh, I, I think one of our listeners actually pointed out, you know, against the teams that finished below the LA Galaxy, the LA Galaxy acquired 22 of 40 points, right? So the, the bad teams that were below you got barely 50% of the points whenever you played them. That's 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 a failure in, in how you play and how you do it. And, and certainly, you know, you want to talk about the reason the LA Galaxy lost. Look at the nine-game winless streak that they had in the middle of the season. Um, you know, look at those things and, and certainly you look at like last minute losses, I think to RSL and just little things that, that sort of trickle in and you can go back and point to all of those things and say, yeah, that absolutely. So I, I want everybody to keep in mind as we're talking about the game against, uh, Minnesota United and sort of what we saw there and how it went, um, that yes, it's a cumulative effect. That being said, uh, there were events that transpired down this last 90 minutes of the season that absolutely could see the LA Galaxy in the playoffs right now had they have been done correctly or, or perhaps had Greg Vanny have changed, had, had looked at things a little bit differently because I think there's a lot of criticism specifically in the starting lineup and specifically in some, in some substitutions that Greg Vanny has to own. Um, it's, it's, uh, we'll, we'll have some audio from him. We can maybe we can play some audio from Chicharito if we get there as well. But the the thing to remember here is, is Kevin is that it's very difficult to talk about this game, just this game at the end of the season, at the end of the the night with Greg Vanny with Chicharito. Right? It's hard to just say, tell me about the game because it wasn't just about the game; it was about the whole season, right? And this game, I think, is a pretty good microcosm of the LA Galaxy season, um, and and sort of how it puts things together. So it was. It, you know, everything was wrong. Everything was right. Um, nothing went the way the LA Galaxy wanted that to go. Things definitely went the way the, that the LA Galaxy needed to go um, in this last game. And so, you know, there was some luck. There was some, there was some, certainly some unluck, some, some bad luck. Um, and because of all those things, the LA Galaxy find themselves on the bow. I, and, and here's the thing though, Kevin, had they, con had they had qualified for the playoffs, they deserve to be in the playoffs because that's how it works. You get the points. You deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think some people were saying, oh, well, if you make it to the playoffs and you get knocked out in the first round, it's not really making the playoffs. No, it is. It is. And the LA Galaxy had set a goal for themselves to make the playoffs, Kevin, right? That was their overreaching big goal outside of we want to win MLS Cup. That's great. You can say that all you want. But the realistic reach goal for them was to make the playoffs. Um, do you remember when Greg Vanny told us about the the midweek or the, the mid-year um, goal that they had set for themselves that was like 32 points 
Um, and they were there basically, you know, a couple games even early. And he was like, yeah, we made it. You know, I'm, I'm surprised at how far it came. And then after that, there was just no reaction from the Galaxy. Five wins in their last 22 games. Well, and when you talk about the lineups, if if I were to sit down with Greg Vanny, I would ask, what happened to you? What happened to Zubek? I mean, those were guys that weren't world beaters, but they were contributing. Well, Jovalik contributed when he showed up, but uh, Zubek contributed a lot, I thought, in the first 10 games. What happened to Cameron Dunbar? What happened to Daniel Steris? I mean, I'm a big Dan Steris fan, and, and you know, he spent the second half of the season on the bench. Cam, you know, Cameron Dunbar, um, Jorge Villafania, I know he had some injury problems, but um, you know, I didn't think he had played himself out of the lineup. Maybe it was a fitness issue. Um, it, it's it's hard to be too critical uh, of Greg of who he doesn't play because we don't know their their fitness status. And maybe you know he's not going to tell us because he wants the other team to think that they could come off the bench at any time. But you know, I thought Yovlik was going to play a bigger role. I thought you know um, Grant Sear was okay. I thought Kevin Cabral was a big disappointment for a guy that was a DP. They kept talking about that PSG pedigree and how he was going to come here and 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 you know uh, be a great player. I I didn't see any of that. Um, you know, there there are jet, there are a number of personnel questions I think, and and guys, you know, guys that are uh, out of contract now or well, I, Zubek and and Victor Vasquez has op, have options. Jonah and Sasha Kleshton are out of contract. Um, of course, we know that People Gonzalez is still on the books for one more year, even though he's on loan. Yeah. So, I mean, there. yeah, then there's a lot of things. By the way, people don't know that. You just told them, but I know who I know who told you that. So it was me. So it's it's at least well, I know where you, your information you, came you, from. You and somebody else who has a, <laughs> yeah. an office in Carson. Yeah, I'm but, sure. Um, but no, I mean, you, you know, you look at you look at this stuff and and you try to figure out. I mean, let's okay, so let's focus in just on this game. By the way, you talk about Kevin Cabral, and I think on the season as a whole, you're absolutely correct. Let's question it. I also thought Cabral actually had a pretty good game against Minnesota. I don't think he was the problem on this. It's interesting, actually, who is the problem on this because I would have never thought that in a game this big that this person would be. Um, I, I think one of the one of the the worst players on the field, which is crazy because he's also had some pretty good moments as well. But we look at the lineup: uh, Kevin Cabral and Chicharito starting up top. And Greg Vanny said afterwards, he goes, "You know, have you learned anything during the season?" And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Trying to find the right guy to pair with Chicharito." I think that that is a call out for Jovalich. If I'm trying to read between the lines on that, Kevin, it's that we're trying to find the right guy for Jovalich. You know, you talk about where Jovalich has been and where he comes in realistically when he was given minutes and came in off the bench to pair up with Chicharito and to do stuff later in the games, he didn't tend to grab that game and, and make a whole bunch from it. Right. And so he seemed to defer to Chicharito more like, you know, he talked about when he came, how Chicharito was not an idol, but somebody he really respected and wanted to play alongside. And he seemed a little in, intimidated, but you're right. I mean, if you look at this roster, the one guy that if you were just, just to look at the at the, the the person's you know personality and their profile and their resume, Yovelix is the one you say, yeah, that's the guy that goes next to Chicharito. Yeah, it, it does, and that wasn't the way that Vanny had. So I mean, there's there there might be something there. It's something you certainly have to watch a lot. Um, I'm gonna caution everybody right off the top because I've seen this and I even see it in the chat room right now. This roster is gonna change a lot. That's what people say. It's gonna be completely different. Did uh, does nobody know how contracts work? Do they not know that the majority of the team is under contract for next year? I mean, we know 15 that of these, 15 of these guys are new players. 15, and so you don't sign a new player for, for one season. Week. Yeah, you don't yeah. sign it for one season. Now, there's even some question because Jonathan Bond, I think, on the transfer um, on uh, transfer market shows that his contract is up at the end of this year. Um, sometimes those guys are right. Sometimes they're wrong. I don't have any information on that. It's going to have to be a little while. By the way, the Galaxy are off until Thursday. So if anybody's wondering... 
you know, what's going on. The Galaxy will be off until Thursday where they'll come back in and probably do some some light workouts, that type of thing, clean out the lockers, you know, do do some stuff. They have to be, I think uh, the MLS uh, CBA mandates that they they stick around for a couple weeks um, and then they're released finally for, for everything to go and the, the season to officially be over uh, once that happens. I talked to the Galaxy tonight and asked about when we could possibly see option declines because uh, Chicago Fire put out their option declines and, you know, their statuses on players. Um uh, this today, but you know, having having said, Chicago also knew they weren't in the playoffs for a couple of weeks, so um, it wasn't like it was a it was something they had to had to work about worry about, right? Speaking of Bond, if memory serves me correctly, which is a real a real guess, right? Uh, Bond is two and two and an option, so three years under club control, two years and an option. And when you talk about oh, this roster is going to change a lot, just about every MLS contract is for one or two years with an option, almost every contract. In fact, I can't think of any, unless it's been a long-term deal, like for a DP, that doesn't have an option on it. So if a guy signed a one-year contract, there's an option. Right. So with the exception of guys who have been here more than than a season, you know, Jonah, we know, is out of contract. Right. Sasha Kleschen, I've got confirmed now, is out of contract. Other guys, Victor Vasquez, Zubek, those guys have options. Right. Stare- Hey, legit is okay. I understand. Yeah, Stairs has a contract. Legit has a contract, I believe. Um, yeah. All 15 guys who came in this year by MLS tradition are at least have an option for next season. Yeah, and most of those guys weren't signed for one year, right? Like we know Cabral is a five-year deal, right? We know that that's that that's a five-year deal. I would imagine Jovalich is not just a one-and-one one if you spent that much money to go get him. So it's probably a two-plus-one or a three-plus-one for Jovalich, especially with his age, right? Look at all the guys that they signed from LA Galaxy 2. It's unlikely they signed them for for one year whenever they were doing that more than likely they signed them for two years or at least like you said one plus one um at the, the very the least. one guy that that might be a little iffy and i don't know and i should, probably should know would be jorge viafania and the reason i say that is because he came over from an, another mls team Yeah, but i think he he signed a new contract whenever he which came would over. be at least a one-on-one one, at least a one-on-one one. again so you know everybody talks about you know these changes that can happen and there is some flexibility now that being said kevin I expect that there's probably seven or eight new players on this team, including a designated player, whenever they come back and and, and do stuff, um, you know, coming up uh, in January. It's going to be like middle of January whenever they get back, by the way. I would just like everybody to know that's how that's how quickly it will go. Um, it will be one of the it will be one of the shortest off seasons that you had. We know the first games are on February 26th. Um, we know that uh, that MLS Cup is on November 5th. Is that correct? November 5th? Kevin? No, no, it's, no. Oh, next year. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. yeah next year. First week in November. Yeah. Yeah. And so we know that decision day, I think is October 5th. Um, so it's like, a, or right in that October. So everything is moving forward, obviously, because of the world cup that will be held in the wintertime. Let's not get started on that. Cause it'll make me angry. Uh, October 5th or October Fest, whichever comes first, whichever comes first, however that goes. Um, so, so, I mean, these are the things. So I expect eight, you know, eight or eight, seven or eight new players, which is plenty on a team that you're going to be, but it's not like you're going to go out and bring in 15 more new players. That's not going to happen. Um, and, and the majority of those new guys will not be looked at as starters. I mean, uh, I, my guess is, I don't know. I bet you Jonathan Klinsman may, may be out of contract after this season because he came in last year, maybe mm-hmm. a backup goal, a, a backup goalkeeper, someone that will compete with Jonathan bond for the starting spot. Maybe that's something that, that, that would happen. Um, it, it would be, it, uh, you know, when you look at, the 15 guys they brought in, most of whom wound up being starters, at least part of the season, you know, those guys are all back. Um, So, you know, Kevin Corral is coming back as a DP. He's penciled in as the starter. You don't bring a DP in to play off the bench. Yep. 
Chicharito, I believe, has an option. Would be back. He, I think his his contract was either three years with an option or two with an option. It in any three. case, it was three plus one. In other, so he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Legette is back. Uh, uh, Ryan is back. We got um, uh, you know Viafania presumably is back. You know, most of the starting guys are back. So we're looking at adding in around the edges. I and, I really and, and a designated player. I really, yeah, because they're losing Jonathan, mm-hmm. so you open the spot up. Right. And and where do you put that distant player? Do you do you get a midfielder? The midfielder, the midfield really needs some help. Do you hope that the guys that they have come back next year and they're better? Do you do you find somebody that's a nat, more natural pairing with Chicharito, even though Jovalik presumably is under contract and coming back? And we keep saying presumably because MLS, unlike every other league in the entire world in every sport doesn't ever fess up in the contracts. Well, I mean, that sniff around and get it. That started changing though, right? We started getting that last year towards the end of them announcing them at the beginning of the year where they've started to announce it, which is one of the reasons I have a chart and it actually has like things that are like filled out on it. So um, it's one of those things we look, but you talked about midfield and the midfield that Vanny went with is Legette, Ravelson, Dos Santos, and Vasquez. I think we've seen that midfield before. Um, I don't think there's anything, anything wrong with that particular midfield. Um, And, you know, this is a way to get Cabral on the field, Legette on the field, Ravelis and Dos Santos Vasquez. So you basically have a five man midfield at some point. Although, you know, Cabral really does stay more up in the top. I know I was given uh, the LA Galaxy crap for trying to put it into a 4 4 2 more and more, but Cabral really did play more as a forward as this as this went along. Um, so I, I think, you know, I, I can at least understand that. Here's the question marks, though. Uh, well, wait a minute. Before yes. you get the question marks, you said earlier, I don't want you to forget, I don't want you off the hook. You said you were surprised by somebody that had a terrible game and then you never identified him. Here we go. So okay. uh, we have Fisher, O'Neill Fisher starting at left back, Williams in center back, Depew at center back, and Araujo at right back. Uh, Fisher was always going to be a problem. And this is where I question Greg Vanny. Uh, you you know that you're going to have a problem at left back. We You know that you can't start Viafania, and I think it's for a fitness issue. Otherwise, he would have started him, right? Because he wanted somebody in Fisher. He's trying to get a more defensive left back than Hamelainen. We know Hamelainen is better going forward, probably a better wing back, and he's not a good defender, right? So you look at that and say, okay, so with this particular lineup and Fisher in there, you are going to try and be more defensive on the backside of that ball, right? Well, Fisher had problems, not necessarily even his problems in this particular game, but had enough problems where once the Galaxy go down by two goals, you no longer can afford to be a defensive team. And so that's why there was that change with Hamelainen in there. But my question is, if you... If you're going to go into this game thinking, and I think Greg Vanny thought that this Galaxy team was going to be able to hold Minnesota to a 0-0 game for a little while and they would be able to build into it and perhaps he could sub Hamelin and on in the second half and not give up so much defensively, right? Um, and to do that, well, that went out the window whenever you allowed you know two goals in the first half. You can't do that and, and then allow that. And then Fisher is no longer a benefit going forward for you. In fact, he's a liability going forward, and now he's a liability coming back for you. So putting Hamelainen in there is actually an upgrade. That's a question mark. The guy who had a bad game, who shouldn't have had a, had a bad game, but he's young, and he's going to learn from it. And this was just one of those where I think he got too hyped up in his own mind was Julian Araujo. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was wondering if you were going to go there. I agree. I saw him overrun the play numerous times in the first half, and he seemed like he was just geeked up out of his mind. Um, the... the, the own goal that was a kind of fluke again he was trying to make a play he thought somebody was behind him i'm sure he thought he was saving the yeah, game yeah but take that take that to the start of that play he caused the start of that play so that was an araho mistake at the start of the play the galaxy allowed two goals on counterattacks from corner kicks and both times they went overly aggressive to try to trap the ball into the offensive zone and then didn't do the work to get back and try and defend 
right? And then Greg Vanny was even saying, who cares about defending foul a guy? You know, and obviously Araujo can't foul him the second time because Araujo already had a yellow card from the first time he had to foul somebody who was going by him. So it's a mistake from one end of the field to the other for Araujo, and it's an over... Um, it's an overexcitement. It's an overaggressive move from Araujo. And that's, this is why, I mean, you saw him at the beginning of the game there, Kevin, he had a ball go under his foot and then it happened again the second time, like whenever the ball was coming over. So he was hyped up. He was nervous. He wanted to play. And having said that as a young player, he was overhyped in this game. He was not within his playing, his normal playing style. Uh, and Greg Vanny even criticized him after the game for it. Well, and this is where you and I have differed. Um, one of the many places you and I have differed. Um, last year, you were talking about, oh, he's on his way to Europe. And I kept saying, you know, he's he's, he's getting too many yellow cards. He's 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 got to play under control. What, what's going on? No, I'm telling you, oh. he's going by. Oh. You might as well say goodbye to Julian Araujo. It may not <laughs> no. happen now, but summertime, it's gone. It's, he's no, gone. No, last year, I thought you were you wanted him to go. And I said, you know, it, he needs to learn discipline. There's too many cards. And he did a good job on that this year. I thought he was much more disciplined. I think yesterday proved that. Sometimes he lets the moment get a little bit too big for him. If I'm a European team that I want to pay a lot of money for him, that's another thing I want. I, you know, if you can't handle decision day in MLS, you're probably not going to be able to handle a big game in the Premier League or in Syria. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle decision day. Do, 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 do you know, by the way, do you know that line, you can't handle the truth? That was an ad lib. Oh. The line was written of, you already have the truth. Oh. And Jack Nicholson went to You Can't Handle the Truth, which, think about it, is way better. So there's your Hollywood trivia for tonight. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad we did it. No, I mean... <laughs> This is this is this is part of the problem of what Vanny and everybody you know are trying to figure out for this team. Um, by the way, everybody who says fire Greg Vanny, have a nice day. You can leave out the left hand side of the door. Uh, we appreciate you for stopping by. Maybe drop a buck in the coffers as you leave, and and then just keep on moving because it's ridiculous. He's on a three year contract. He's gotten one year. I don't know what you wanted him to fix in one year. Um, but by the way, the LA Galaxy had their best defensive performance since 2016 um, this year. And I know everybody just fell off their chairs, holding their chests, and everybody will say, "Who cares?" Right? All that stuff. It well, because it got better. That's why they it still matters. gave up. 50, they still gave up fifty-four goals. Only two teams in the conference gave up more, yep. and they gave up fifty-six. So. Yep. Imagine how bad the defenses were over the last four years for this to be the best one out of the, since twenty sixteen. So since Bruce left, this was the best defense that the LA Galaxy had put together over 34 games. And by the way, we projected the 2020, 2020 team gave up like 76 goals in a 34-game season. They only played 22. Um, so, no, you you, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Let me get to some um, super chats real quick because Jonathan Prince gave us a $10 super chat and said, here's a long off-season gratuity. Kevin will never see any of that. I like to, put, <laughs> I like to print it out in ones and roll around naked in it. Um, let's see. Patrick gave us a $20 super chat. He says, love this show. I imagine he's probably watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV right now and he got confused, but Hey, we appreciate that. This kind of looks like a Richmond AFC shirt. Uh, and by the way, I won't see any of that 20 either. Yeah, no, you won't. No, you, that's yeah. a, you'll see zero of that. Uh, as a matter of fact, so I got a raise. <laughs> you did twice as much as you're making right now. Um, but no, I mean, these are the, these are the questions. And then I also question, by the way, I certainly question taking out Sebastian Legette, who was one of the better players on the night, and that has not happened very much throughout this, this season. Uh, I thought Sebastian Legette was one of the better players. You needed a goal. You needed something to happen, and you take out Sebastian Legette and Jonathan Dos Santos. For me, as good as I thought Cabral was, and Cabral had a great shot, I think, in stoppage time that got saved by Tyler Miller that I thought might find the corner, um, and it was right in line with me, so I could see the... Uh, I could really see the, the the curvature of the ball, and I saw Miller had it covered as well. Um 
uh, looking at that and looking at Cabral and doing that, I mean, if you're going to bring Grant Sear on, which you need to bring Grant Sear on, absolutely, 100%. And by the way, people are certainly asking why Grant Sear doesn't start more games and doesn't play more games, Kevin. It's an interesting question. I agree. It's a question that everybody has to sort of figure out, and, and we'll, we'll have to discuss it as we go along. But looking in this game and what the LA Galaxy were trying to do, they gave, again, they put themselves in a position to lose games by allowing the first goals. Kevin, by the way, in 17 games this season, 34 games, if you split them in half, you get 17 on one side, 17 on the other side. In 17 games this season, the LA Galaxy scored the first goal. And in 17 games this season, the LA Galaxy allowed the first goal. They were 12-2-3 when they scored the first goal, and they were 1-10-6 when they allowed the first goal. Uh, I'll say this, most of those points that they garnered after uh, in the second half of the season where they had, you know, technically seven times the season. The first time was whenever they came back from behind to beat Miami the first game of the season. That was their only win. But the other six times that they drew, most of those draws were coming down the stretch where they allowed the first goals and somehow scrapped, uh, scraped a draw out of it. So I think if there's anything that this is sort of showing is that this LA Galaxy team may be starting to develop a a, a an ability to come back and fight back from bad positions. But as we can see, it's it's more important to them than anybody else in the league that if you score first, you win games. And if you give up the first goal, you're not winning that game. It's not happening. Well, and it's weird the tiebreaker is most wins because I think if you look at Salt Lake, they actually lost more games than the Galaxy, didn't they? The Galaxy they, had more, more draws. Yep, I can actually bring that up for you so that we could see it. Uh, Real Salt Lake had 14 losses, 14 wins, and six draws. The Galaxy had 13 losses, or excuse me, 13 wins, 12 losses, um, and nine draws. Did I screw that up so, the fourth time? I know I got it. It's 14 and 14. So, so. so what, you know, the Galaxy lost two fewer games. I mean, you can make the argument that they were a better team. They didn't lose as often. Um, but, and we also like won one more. Um, but I, I, th I think the purpose there for, and, you know, goal differential, every other league in the world goes with goal differential. I think the reason MLS does that is they want teams to play to win. They don't want them to, to sit on a game and try to get a draw and preserve their goal differential, which, you know, I understand that they want them to play to the end, but I don't think Real Salt Lake was a better team. I think they're very close. I think the the mediocrity in MLS was very apparent this this particular season. Um, I was talking with the player sort of in the middle beginning of the season, and they were talking about how there are so few good teams in Major League Soccer. I think New England is probably one of them. Seattle's probably one of them. Sporting Kansas City is probably one of them. Colorado is actually probably a pretty good team this year. I mean, Nashville. Nashville's one of them. Uh, maybe Philadelphia, although I don't buy it. But that's okay. The Eastern. But, but look at the rest of that. Portland. Portland's not a good team. Nope. I don't. Vancouver. No. Vancouver can be a good team on a, on a particular day. They are Minnesota. certainly they are certainly a better team than they were at the beginning of the season, right? Vancouver yeah. is, is is at least playing in that in that part particular you know uh, way right now. So at least you can respect the grind that they put together to make the playoffs for Vancouver. Remember, they started the season playing in Utah, and, and I don't think the change with Mark Dos Santos getting fired was the difference. They were winning under Mark Dos Santos. I thought he should have been able to stay to the end of the year, but yeah, you're right. Vancouver did sort of catch fire at the end of the year. Uh, they had a coach that was really sort of an old American-style football coach with his halftime talks. I don't know if you heard any of those, no. but it was, uh, yeah, it's a lot of beep, bleeping going on. You do, do you, you know, um, I was trying to find this one chart that I have. I, I didn't put all the charts up. Everybody's tired of my PowerPoint slides here, so I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of in that mood tonight. Um, the LA Galaxy, by the way, finished with a 64.7% um, point availability kevin do you like basically it means 65 percent of the time right they got a pointer better 
Okay. That's what it means. If you go back and look at some of the times that like, you know, in 2020, that was 45.5%. So the ability to get a point wasn't there. Uh, in 2019, it was 55.9%. Um, but they had a 47.1% winning percentage, right? So like, yes, it matters to win, but it also matters grinding out points. You know, I, I just, I thought that was interesting. We're talking about, you know, the galaxy not being able to do it. Let's, let's talk again about the game. And that, I, that's yeah. one of those yeah. That's a bizarre. That's like one of those baseball stats. He hits left-handers better on Thursday afternoon than he does on you know Friday mornings or whatever. It's just a bizarre. I'm not quite sure what it means. It mean well the ability to get a point for a team is important, right? And usually, if you look at the better teams, right? Because here's the deal: that stat counts wins and draws together, right? That means that those are things that get counted together. So that means you got a result, and getting a result is a very important stat for sometimes middling to to a little bit better teams right now if you're a really good team like new england you just win all your games it doesn't matter right you, it, so so well, but that, that in new england that you had which is new england has the most point it's the lowest cost per point lowest cost per point? yes absolutely $170,000 per point i've put $170,000 worth of salary per point by far the lowest in the league. Well, okay, let's stick on this trend because I like this and I and I want to talk about this a little more. And again, I want to touch on the game and we'll go in and out of the things that we think are important to the season and, and that type of thing. Uh, that's just how this show is going to roll. It's the end of the season. It's not something I... I'll be honest, Kevin, I'm shocked that we're here discussing the end of the season for the Galaxy. I know you had your doubts about the Galaxy winning a big game or or, or depending on them. You you were ultimately correct. Um, but I will still say that I'm still shocked that it that it happened the way it did. Uh, and we'll but get my other prediction they were going to win in Kansas City if they had done that yes then we wouldn't then we'd be talking about the playoffs but, but I, I get I get a, a mulligan on that because Chicharito didn't play and my prediction was based on Chicharito playing let's, and let's, by the way that's a whole nother conversation it, 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 your best player is sick in a in a must win game does he make the trip the galaxy decided no um, because they were worried about it affecting the other affecting the rest of the team. He's not a hockey player. I'm just telling you, they were worried about it. I mean, I, in this, in in years past, that wouldn't have been the case, right? In years past, that wouldn't have been the case. Right now, in the climate we're in, that is 100% the case. There's no chance that dude is getting on the plane. Zero chance of that happening. Uh, I wanted to bring up this stat. I do a cost per game, cost per goal, cost per minute for the three designated players. People are like, well, you should do more than that. And I'm like, I have to input this stuff by hand. You, you should do more. Um, here's what I have for your three designated players. Let's start with Jonathan Dos Santos. Jonathan Dos Santos on a $2 million contract uh, played 26 games. So technically speaking, if you take his 2 million and divide it by the 26, you get, he made $76,923 per game. Okay. Interesting. Fun. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos scored one goal this year. Uh, and that one goal basically in the, uh, how, how we lay it out uh, with games played and in different sort of ways. Anyway, 1.6 million, roughly $1.5 million per goal whenever you factor in how many games he was actually available for, right? So that type of thing goes. Uh, he makes $842 per minute. Here is Javier Hernandez uh, per game, $285,714 per game. Per goal, $217,993. 217,000. So let's say 218,000. Remember that, Kevin. Uh, $2,135 per minute for Chicharito. Kevin Cabral, 53,333 per game. Chicharito was 218,000 per goal. Kevin Cabral is 260,000 per goal. So technically speaking, you pay you pay Kevin Cabral more per goal than you do Chicharito because Chicharito scores more goals. By the way, that dude 
played like no games, 21 games for for uh, Chicharito, Kevin. Um, and he somehow ends up, I think, third or fourth in the overall golden boot and missed it by two. Tied uh, for third. Yeah, tied, tied, for third. tied for third. But, but two with 19, and then he was part of a big group with 17. Yeah, but I mean, he like if you look at some of the Ola Kamara had not played a whole bunch of games, uh, and then he petered off at the end there. Um, but he was the only one that was even close, and he had six more games than Chicharito. The, the guy who won it is Castellanos um, in New York City, played 32 games. Um, if we look at just the the chart that sort of goes about, and we talked about it before, about what Chicharito meant, and by the way, in this game and the game in Seattle, Javier Hernandez was by far the LA Galaxy's best player. He picked them up, he put them on their shoulders, and he tried to drag them into the playoffs, and they went kicking and screaming. Um, and, and it ultimately fell short, but I don't think you can, you can fault his work rate in either of the last two games. No. And let's talk about that for a minute because, um, compare Javier Hernandez of now versus the Javier Hernandez we saw at this time last year, meaning after MLS is back, um, even at the beginning of the season that it, it was questionable how plugged in he was, but I think certainly at the end of the season, he, and that's why Guillermo benched him. If you remember, uh, Guillermo's, I think last game or penultimate game, Chicharito didn't start. He was healthy. He was on the bench. Uh, you know, I think that was an acknowledgement that Chicharito wasn't really uh, you know, motivated to play for the team. There was no question this year. Every time he was around uh, the field, anytime he was on the field, he was given 110%. Totally different Chicharito. If, I mean, I, I, he wouldn't have saved last season by any stretch of the imagination, but right. um, I would have liked to see him play a full season this year because he clearly would have won the golden boot. And remember the over under for him was 15. I, I mean, the, the only thing that we can say is I, you know, that I, I don't know that he can play more. I think that his, his number of minutes is limited each year. And I think that Greg Banny has to keep that in mind next year. Chicharito can't play 90 minutes of every game next year. You can't, you're going to, otherwise you're going to have the problems that you have. So you're going to need a guy like Jovalich, like Cabral to come in and start scoring goals. So that way you can take Chicharito off in the 70th minute. You can take Chicharito. You can need to start winning games where you're up three, nothing. So you can sub Chicharito in the 60th minute and he doesn't have to play because I'm guessing that Chicharito probably has if you said that he played 1736 minutes this year um if you add another 300 or 400 minutes to that I think that's about his max so 2100 2200 minutes per the year I don't think you can ask for more than that so you have to figure out what that is over 34 games you have to understand where that goes but looking at his scoring and we were keeping track of this. You were looking at the all-time LA Galaxy goal scorers in the single season, right? We know Zlatan Ibrahimovic had the 30 goals. We know that he scored 1.03 goals per game, and he scored a goal once every 87 minutes. Chicharito does fit into this chart pretty nicely in terms of even coming close to Zlatan Ibrahimovic in 2018. Uh, Chicharito averaged 0.81 goals per game. Zlatan in 2018 averaged 0.81 goals per game. Zlatan had 97 minutes per goal in 2018. Uh, and Chicharito had 102. Uh, Chicharito's 102 minutes per goal on average puts him somewhere between Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane's best years. Uh, and by the way, the games actually are, are pretty similar. Robbie Keane played 24 games in the year that he scored 20 goals for the LA Galaxy. Uh, Landon Donovan, uh, when he scored 20, played 25 games. Chicharito just four and three games off of that. So, um, I, I listen after all the things you can say about Chicharito, and certainly, you know, we talked about this. We said uh, we were talking about Zlatan at the at the game uh, last night. We were saying, you know, Father Time is undefeated. It's eventually going to catch up to you, and that's what's coming for Chicharito. That being said. I think if the LA Galaxy play it the correct way, his last year of this contract, his third year three coming up next year, um, can be his best and most productive for the LA Galaxy. They just have to be really careful with him. 
you know, I'm I'm holding Father Time to a draw right now, as you can tell. Um, but one thing, the, the Galaxy reflect Chicharito in the way that they play, and that Chicharito, as we know, is a guy that is active inside the box. He's, you know, what a lot of people call a poacher, a guy that just sort of takes advantage of being in the right place at the right time, which is a skill. But my point is, they scored 50 goals this season, three from outside the 18-yard box. Um, I think they have to get a little bit of a Steph Curry personality to them and start uh, shooting from outside the arc to to open things up a little bit for Chicharito. That would be one thing if I were Greg Vanny that I would think about for next season. Yeah, I mean, I would also say that Chicharito, uh, having not watched him, you know, prolifically throughout his career, it's not somebody I watch all the time, Kevin, so I didn't really know understand. Seeing him work this year, I appreciate his work rate and what he does off the ball almost as much as what I what I like. That first goal that he scored on the cross from Julian Araujo, again, Araujo had a horrible game. He also had a great cross. Um, in this one, but that goal that he scored off of uh, uh, scored off the cross from Araujo that was sort of one time one hop bounce inside, you know, just at the top of the box and fired from there was absolutely the part. It was probably one of the nicest goals the LA Galaxy have scored all year um, to get that, you know, sort of back to tie that game at 2-2, I think, at that time. Right. Um, Remember the first goal, the cross from uh, Cabral Cabral to, that so went that was towards Chicharito and then Chicharito didn't go what, for it. What, you know, Leggett rushed into the box with his hand up, which I didn't see until the replay. I thought that that was a uh, a pass for Chicharito, and I still feel that way. Uh, and Chicharito pulled up on it. You're right, and went right to Sebastian Leggett. I want, I'd like to ask Cabral who who that pass was intended for, because it sure looked like it was going to Chicharito. I don't know if he saw Leggett, but on the replay, Leggett was waving his hand as if to say, you know, I'm open. Give me the ball. I I, I will tell you this: that it doesn't matter because he put it in a dangerous spot. And so it doesn't matter if he even put it to Chicharito or if he knew somebody would be there. And if it wasn't Chicharito, it wasn't. By the way, Chicharito almost offside on that play. That was why VAR, I was trying to figure out why VAR was taking maybe, so long. Maybe that's why he pulled up. Maybe that's why he pulled up. Absolutely. I think he knew. I, and I absolutely think he knew. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the goals uh, scored for the LA Galaxy. 50 this year. Uh, they scored 58 in 20, 2019 and 66 in 2018. How did 2018 team not make the playoffs? Please tell me. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Ola Kamara. Houston. Because they lost to Houston in the last game of the season, and they haven't won the last game of the season since 2012. Yeah, other than that, though, I want—I was looking for real reasons, not. not but you not know, facts. the other thing is, is that's a team that also lost by didn't make the playoffs by one point. And and look at the record: 16, 15, and three. That team with Guillermo, for whatever reason, they were a team that that played to win and and often lost because they did that. They never pulled up and settled for a draw. And sometimes there's some valor in that, and and just let's take a point, and get out of here. Sometimes those points are valuable. Sometimes, hey, you know, there's 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 a few people who I talk to on social media that are like, always go for three points. It doesn't matter. The win, the point is never worth it. You get twice as many for winning. Go for the win. Um, so anyway, so we get into this game. You get into the later. I, I will talk. I want to talk about. You talked about the penalty kick already. I thought was a huge moment um, in the game that could have made seen the LA Galaxy win it after Minnesota missed that penalty kick. That was huge. Uh, the other thing that was huge in this game was there was a Kevin Stott called in like the 85th minute, uh, close to that, where he called a foul on Sasha Kleschen. Sasha Kleschen has... Well, what about the one where O'Neal Fisher got punched in the face? That could have been a red card, too. Oh, that, that could have been a red card, too. That was early in the game, too, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. They would have played 70 minutes or more with, with uh, man advantage. Yep. That would have made a difference. Yeah, no, it, it would have made a difference for sure. I It was borderline. I understand. I looked at it. I'm like, whoa, I, I looked at it and said there was a pretty significant slap there. And by the way, that was retaliatory as well, because Fisher had, had did a swim move on. I forget who it was earlier in the game. And like two minutes after he did a swim move on him and the guy, he the guy went holding his face, even though Fisher barely, barely touched him. He went after Fisher and got Fisher in the face. So 
100% retaliatory, and you could see that. Um, so that was certainly one. The big one for me, though, is the Sasha Kleshin one, because Kleshin comes into the game, the LA Galaxy are on a high after the penalty kick is missed, and after they're, they're sort of trying to find this game winner um, without exposing things too much. Sasha Kleshin strips the ball from Minnesota, takes a step forward, passes the ball to Cabral, who is onside. Now, the big question is, would Cabral have finished that? We'll never know, because Kevin Stock called a foul, and he missed that. And we have VAR for a reason, right? And we're going to get into VAR and, and the bad call here in a second but uh, that happened in, in SKC RSL. But we have VAR for a reason. The smart play for Stott is, I think that might have been a foul. Let's let it play out and see how it goes because I'm not 100% sure because I'd have to be 100% sure to call a foul on Sasha Kleshin. And if you watch the replay, there was no foul on Sasha Kleshin. So Stott stopped a breakaway from the LA Galaxy with Cabral in the box and nobody around him. Now, Again, 50-50 chance probably with Kevin Cabral in that situation of whether or not he scores based on what we've seen from him you know, this season. But Stott stop, stopped a breakaway and he got it wrong. Referees get it wrong sometimes, but we're supposed to have VAR and technology that's able to fix it. We talked about the LA Galaxy going into stoppage time basically right at 90 minutes is whenever um, RSL scored the goal. I will tell you, let me take you into the press box for a second and tell you sort of how it was going. So Kevin sits to the right of me. Larry sits to the left of me. Um, we're in the press box on the far right-hand side. If I look... Well, j j just to set the... the to be yes. correct on this, I was paying no attention to anything at all. Yes, you had your headphones on and you were typing and, and you were yeah. and you were going about things. There is almost no time left in the Galaxy game. And I had realized that the Galaxy game no longer mattered, right? About three minutes before that, I was like, this Galaxy game does not matter right now. What matters is the RSL SKC game that's being played in Sporting Kansas City. And I know it's 0-0 and they had it on a TV. So if I look through the glass of the press box and I have a TV that's in sort of our, our lounge area that's in there, um, our common area inside the press box, I could watch that game and I could watch it not on a, you know, digital like stream or anything. It was on TV. They were actually putting that one into the, into the, that. So that means I was ahead of everybody who was watching on their phones. Cause I know Damien who's down to my left was like, Hey, um, you know, I I'm watching it on my phone that he had right next to his computer. So he was doing that. So, you know, we were calling out scores the entire night too. When somebody would score or something happened and we saw it, we would call it out in the press box. So everybody was aware of what was going on. Um, I don't know if I took that job seriously, but I was telling, I was telling people what was going on, trying to keep everybody aware. You, you were losing your voice given that. Colorado LAFC scores. I, it was kept. Hey, Kevin, <laughs> yeah. Kevin, Kevin, stop writing for a second. Kevin, uh, Colorado scored again. Um, so, so we were going through the whole thing. Yeah, I should say Mike Gray was in the back back row behind me too. And so he was all hearing me yell the whole night as we were going. So I was watching through this and I'm like, I'm not going to pay attention to the Galaxy game. So my back was actually turned to the Galaxy game for probably the last two or three minutes of regular time before um, it went. Uh, it's, this is probably the game, by the way, Kevin, the LA Galaxy game. I watched the least of as I was always trying to find out what was happening in other games while I was watching the Galaxy game. Um, so I saw it and I saw the play go down the field. And I saw RSL and I saw Miram go into the bicycle kick and I saw um, uh, Krylak um, uh, put the put the put the ball in the back of the net. And that's when I was like, the, I, so at that moment, the, the Galaxy are about ready to go into stoppage time. I'm like, they're out of the playoffs. And so I start telling everybody in the playoffs. I'm like, RSL just scored. The Galaxy are out of the playoffs. And that was the first time that the Galaxy had been out of the playoffs all season. So we're doing that. I had to tap Kevin on the shoulder and be like, hey, Kevin. 
Kevin, you're like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, RSL scored the galaxy are out of the playoffs. You're like, okay. And then you went back and you're like, wait a minute, the galaxy are out of the playoffs. And I'm like, yes, they're out of the playoffs. Unless See, they- I didn't realize RSL was even playing. <laughs> you, did, you, you were like one of those guys. I was like, whoa, no. So anyway, so that's, that's how it went down in the press box. Uh, we, I've seen video now of LA galaxy players. And I think, you know, Kalichman has his like cell phone on his knee or something. And Victor Vasquez is sitting next to him. And like he pulls Victor Vasquez reaches over to Dan's phone and like pulls down on the, you know, how you refresh whenever you pull down. So he pulls down on the thing and it updates and you can see Victor Vasquez go like grab his face and be like, like this. And he looks and all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh my God, we got to score a goal. And that's whenever that's when you knew the galaxy found out that they had to score a goal. They were probably a good 30 seconds, 40 seconds behind where, where I, where I realized it. So it took a little while for them to realize that they were in trouble, um, which was super interesting. Now, maybe that 40 seconds made a difference. You should have run down. Oh, I'll, I'll, next time I will. Yeah. Cause I don't think I can make it down to the field in semaphore. 40 seconds. You can do a semaphore. Yeah, just flags. Just wait. Yeah. Okay. I could, I could flag it down next time so we can do that. Um, so that's how we found out the LA Galaxy were out of the playoffs. And then obviously there was stoppage time. I think six minutes of stoppage time for the Galaxy um, in that to sort of see it play out. Um, and, and that was it. That game was over. Now, we did not hear about the handball. We did not hear about the handball until after basically three or four minutes of stoppage time inside of the uh, the Galaxy game. So we were watching it. And then that's whenever we got the handball. So if you're watching on YouTube, then I will do this and attempt to do it quickly enough to where we don't have any... Um, any copyright issues or anything like that, but it is clear as day. And one of the most blatant handballs you are ever going to see, I think it's Roger Espinosa is about to get the ball. He's in the box. He, he goes to grab the ball uh, or he goes to kick the ball. And, uh, and an RSL player literally slaps it away from him with his hand. Um, it's blatant. It's obvious. And pro decided and agreed, Kevin, that uh, they made a mistake. Now, this mistake was huge. Kevin, you and I were talking about it before. Why don't you tell everybody what it, that mistake and, and I'll read the statement from Pro in a second, but that mistake only affected three teams and it only affected the outcomes of multiple things, huge things uh, in Major League Soccer. Tell everybody what those three huge things are. Because, well, Sporting Kansas City, if if that game, if they had won that game, right, they would have gone, I, I without, no, they needed to win. It wasn't a draw. They would have had to win, mm-hmm. um, but they would have got a penalty shot on that, yes. on that handball. In the, in, the 90, in the 90th minute, by the way, a penalty shot and, in the 90th minute. So they convert that presumably, then they they sort of bunker down and see out the game. They win. They finish top of the standings. They get a playoff buy in the first round. They get a CONCACAF Champions League uh, invitation. They're in the playoffs there. The Galaxy make the playoffs because RSL did not win. RSL is out. Um, Colorado and Seattle, neither one of those finished top of the conference. They have to then, Colorado drops down. They have to play uh, the first round playoff game. So you know, there's a ripple effect. It, it essentially affected, you mentioned three, four teams because Colorado would not finish the top of the conference, would not get to buy. Real Salt Lake would, would, and they wouldn't be going to Champions League necessarily. Uh, Sporting Kansas City would be going to Champions League. They would have won the conference. Um, the Galaxy would be in the playoffs instead of out of the playoffs, which makes a huge difference when you think about players coming back and Greg Vanny's resume and all those kind of things. And you see right here, it's, it's not just an inadvertent handball. It appears as if he's directing it away from the, uh, the, the Kansas City player. I mean, it changes directions. You see his fingers fold from hitting the ball. You see the ball change directions because of it. And the v- and VAR basically at the time, and by the way, somebody did some good pull reporting and sent it to me um, uh, about that. And basically they said, well, it was not clear and obvious that it was a handball, whether it hit the handball and, and we didn't have the angles and blah, 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 blah. And it was absolute BS 
that's fodder, that's wrong. Anybody who watched it, and by the way, I was listening to Brian Dunseth today, who uh, he goes, I'm not a, he goes, I'm not a real Salt Lake homer. He goes, but that's 100% a handball. He goes, it's 100% a handball but, every day of the week. Here's another thing. If we can show the replay without getting, um, Go, uh, I'll, without I'll, getting fined. Yeah. Um, Explain it why, with your why, words, why remember. Did- Yes. Why doesn't the Real Salt? Okay, if you're watching the, if you're not watching the replay, the Real Salt Lake player once, one or the rather Sporting Kansas City player once the handball happens, he pulls up, throws his arms up, and runs, starts to run away from the ball. Yeah, he doesn't. I think he still had a play on. No, that. he doesn't. The ball bounced away. That's see, that's the whole thing. The hand hits the ball. The ball hits the chest of the art of the SKC player, and that ball then goes towards the goalkeeper. So where he expected the ball to fall doesn't it doesn't fall and then he has to try to react by the time he reacts that ball's already to the keeper and he knows it which is why he raises his hand yes 100 percent. everybody in the chat room congratulations you're all geniuses the galaxy shouldn't have had to rely on this 100 percent. all right but it matters and the bottom line is if this is called correctly there's probably a 70 75 percent chance that the la galaxy are going to the playoffs that sporting kansas city gets an automatic champions league berth right that they finish in that first position and that they then get all of these things that are awarded to them because of that peter vermees was livid after this absolutely livid and he talked about the la galaxy in it as well so peter vermees not only sticking up for sporting kansas city but for the la galaxy as well 100 percent, the la galaxy had a disappointing season it's a failed season they didn't make the playoffs they didn't do what they do all they needed to do was win this game but if you add the, the kevin stock call if you add possibly the the red card that could have come down if you look at some of these things that happened in these games they all have real world effects and you can even go back to other games this season that have real world effects throughout the season of whether or not the la galaxy got the balance of the calls to go in their direction or the balance of the calls to go against them peter vermees thinks that the balance of the calls went against them this year and he says it's ridiculous and he said he was embarrassed to be a part of the league because of this here's pro's statement by the way let me give it to you just that way we can pretend to be fair um but there's really no excusing it uh pro statement sporting kansas city versus rsl the professional referee organization today acknowledged an error that occurred in the sporting kansas city versus real salt lake game on november 7th in the 90th minute a handball offense occurred inside real salt lake's penalty area however the referee did not award a penalty kick in real time allowing play to continue the video assistant referee when checking the play saw the ball made contact real with real salt lake defender justin glad's right hand but concluded that the non awarding of a penalty kick did not reach the threshold of a clear and obvious error and therefore did not recommend a video review to the referee. However, the footage shows clear movement to the ball by the right hand of Glad in a manner which can reasonably be interpreted as being consistent with a handball offense. In Pro's judgment, a video review should have been recommended and a penalty kick awarded. Pro considers the decision not to recommend a review to be an error by VAR. Now, Kevin, having said all that, all these wonderful things that we talked about here, uh, what happens now that they have admitted that they were wrong? Nothing. There we go. Replay, replay the game. By the way, that's also poorly written. They use the word however in consecutive sentences, and that is a big no-no. However, Kevin, nothing changes. However. <laughs> that's right. However. However. Um, however. However, comma. Yep. Yep. And uh, so that's that's one of those things that sort of sort of sits there. So uh, having said all that, looking at what it is, uh, Chicharito wins player of the year for the LA Galaxy. Kind of surprising. Most of the people I know voted for Julian Araujo. I can just tell you I only polled like eight or nine people within the press box. Um, I don't know what that list consists of, and the LA Galaxy don't allow uh, don't allow us to know what the final total is. Um, am I saying there's match fixing going on in the player of the year? There has been before, uh, but they get to do whatever they want. So, uh, Well, you know, it is their award, but the, do you want your designated player to win your player of the year, or do you want a guy that started out kind of down your minimum wage maybe? He got a big 
post when he resigned. Do you want him to win player of the year? He's already going to get defender of the year. Do you basically say Chicharito really didn't amount to anything I, this year? I, I think that the LA Galaxy know that I keep saying that the disc defender is going to win player of the year. And they keep knowing that I get excited about it every year because it's history and it's never happened before. And so every time they know it's going to happen, they, they take it away from me. I think that's what happens. Uh, By the way, my, I'll, I'll, I'll give away my, my secret vote. I voted Chicharito first. Uh, for player of the year. No, I, I think I voted Junior Rajo first, yes. Chicharito second, and Vicky Mercado third. Yes, absolutely, because Vicky's awesome working for the LA Galaxy. She she absolutely was player of the year. Um, does a great job. No, um, it, it was a little surprising. I, having said that, watching the last two games, and by the way, everybody goes, how can you say that after he scored two goals in the game? I'm like, well, the votes were turned in well before this game, boys and girls, so that's that's how I can say that. Did, did Sasha Kleshin get any votes? Because A, I think he should come back, and I, and B, I think he was really valuable this year. You don't play 29 games. I, I think that, uh, I think Sasha Kleshin deserves the Lars Player of the Year, which is what he he ended up getting. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he was outstanding. You look at that. D- uh, Julian Araujo, Defender of the Year. I think he was named Humanitarian of the Year as well, was he not? I, I, I couldn't. Should have been. I, yeah, I, I don't remember 100%. I could probably look it up. I have that email somewhere. Um, so Also had own goal of the year, unfortunately. I I, uh, I was talking with one of our, our listeners at halftime, and they were like, you know, I really think the LA Galaxy uh, need to stop having Fan Appreciation Night, which, by the way, Fan Appreciation Night, the acronym is FAN. Um, which also scares me. Uh, but they said that they should stop having fan appreciation night on the last game, last home game of the year, because it's always disappointing. And then you just feel sad. And then the players don't want to sign autographs and they don't want to do things. So maybe have fan appreciation night, like in the middle of the season for, for because this. it's always this. Sh- I can't say it hits the fan. On yeah. Fan appreciation day. It, it seems, it seems to be that case. Um, and, and it, you know, fan appreciation night is starting to scare, uh, LA galaxy fans, right? They're like, Oh, it's fan appreciation night. Maybe I'll skip that game. Um, you know, just, just, you know, speaking of signing autographs for the women's national team, everyone gives all this praise to Alex Morgan, all these, these fan friendly players. I was talking to one of Carly Lloyd's old coaches today, this season with Gotham, she signed autographs for over a half hour after every game. That's pretty cool. That's a random women's soccer fact just, thrown yeah, into the, yeah, like, just, okay, I just, soccer. I, okay. I'm wearing the Jersey. I'm wearing the crest. Oh, okay. come on. All right. That's fine. Um, as we look at the playoffs and as it comes down, um, Colorado with that, uh, first round by it's Portland and Minnesota, Kansas city, Vancouver, Seattle, real salt Lake. That would have been the game had the galaxy qualified in the seventh spot, which is looks like where they go. They would go to Seattle. Uh, Scott French had, I was l- looking for that forward to that. I, I will, I will tell you, Scott French had the best line of the night to me, um, afterwards. And I will give him credit for it. Cause like I laughed, he goes, well, he goes, at least the galaxy avoided that Seattle trip. <laughs> Just like, Oh, you don't want to play Seattle. Right. It was sort of one of those. Like, oh, you well, you don't want to play Seattle. They're good. You don't want to play them. Oh, well, they avoided it by missing the playoffs. Um, yeah. What I wanted what a, to go there. What a season. I New, love Seattle. New England gets the first round by over on the Eastern Conference. We knew that. New York City versus Atlanta, four versus five. Nashville versus Orlando. Nashville's my dark horse, although I think everybody picks them as their dark horse, so there can't be a dark horse. Do, anymore. do you know Nashville has fewer losses than um New England. New England, New yes. England lost five times, and New Nashville lost four times. And New England and New England is not um, has not beaten uh, Nashville this season either. So. The only team Bruce Arena has never beaten since he came to New England. There you the go. only Eastern Conference right. team. Uh, Philadelphia number two against New York Red Bulls, who squeaked in at the last. The the Eastern Conference was fun. Um, whenever to, to watch those games sort of come down because there was a lot of seating at, at Manor. And quite honestly, again for a neutral side, um, craziness on the Western Conference, and I think we knew it was going to be. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's one of those, uh, one of those crazy things. I, again, I, I'm, by, I'm by the way, before you get away from your, your team, your favorite team, the team you love the most more than the galaxy 
is Nashville with Dave Romney and Walker Zimmer. I, you, I, you love Nashville. I, I, I am They're coming Nashville. over to the Western Conference. Yeah. They're coming to the Western Conference. Makes I, the Western I won't like Conference them anymore. Tougher. I won't. I, I, don't, I, can't, I, can't like, I can't like teams that I cover anymore. So, uh, you know, I've been, I've been so, liking the Eastern Conference ones because the Galaxy don't I'm play with, them. Think about this, by the way. The new schedule came out briefly. 17 games in, or it'll be uh, 17 home, 17 away. Uh, you'll play the same team in your conference twice. Just twice. Then play, just right, twice. Then, that's just twice and then eight games out of conference. So you don't play all of the teams in the other conference. But if you're the Eastern Conference, you Nashville goes over to the West, which means a much longer road trip. Now it's the longest road trip in the Western Conference. Everyone has to make that trip one time. If you're in the Eastern Conference, you just added Charlotte. Yeah. Those guys could travel. They can walk to games or at least take a bus. My- um, it, it, the, the difference in travel is huge. My, my joke was, and I think I even used this maybe on the last one, but my joke was that Nashville got promoted to the first division of soccer in, in the United States, right? Because they're going to play in the Western Conference, which is a real conference and not the Eastern Conference, which is the second division, um, as far as I'm concerned. Because look at you got two teams in New York, you got a team in DC, you got a team in Boston, now Charlotte, you got Philadelphia, all those teams, you could, you could, they're a corner kick away from one another. <sighs> Chicharito wins team of the week, Kevin. That was something we didn't get to talk about. So Chicharito wins team of the week, two goals. Uh, player of the week, of course, was Krylak for his uh, his winning his winning goal there at the death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which <laughs> well well deserved. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you look at all of the 2021 players of the week, the LA Galaxy were named four times to have the player of the week. Three of those times were Chicharito. Uh, one of those times was Jonathan Bond. That all came within the first eight weeks of the season, and then nothing after that. Just to sort of tell you how the LA Galaxy season went. Does that make it feel better? Uh, everybody's asking. Uh, uh, Diego's asking, "Is Miami coming to play Galaxy?" Josh, I have no idea. They haven't told us yet. We'll we'll find that out here in a little they, bit. They haven't been here yet, right? David Beckham has not come to, to. No, he hasn't. He needs to see his statue next to Landon's statue, and they can figure out which one of them's uglier. Um, I'm not a fan of either of those statues. I think I've no. I know you hate color. the Landon one. I was looking at the Landon one last night and trying to figure out what you didn't like about it. Were you scared? Landon? Were you scared? No, Guys, I wasn't it, scared, but it, I thought Landon looked a little beefy. Like, like, not like that I chunky? have room to, yeah, like I don't have room to talk, but he's a little thick in the midsection, and Landon is not. Name the LA Galaxy player who had the most minutes in 2021. Jonathan Bond. No, Julian Araujo had seven <laughs> more minutes than Jonathan Bond. Oh, uh, oh, oh, trick question. 32 games played, 32 games started, 27.97 for Julian Araujo, Jonathan Bond, 27.90. Grand Sur, remember, everybody says Grand Sur didn't play this year. I've heard it, as I've heard it all the time. He plays a lot, 2,089 minutes. Uh, for uh, Samuel Grancier, Kevin Cabral, 2,000 minutes. Revelison, 1931. Depew, 1856. Leggett, Jonathan Dos Santos, Chicharito, 1,736. Uh, Jorge Villafaña didn't play for most of the second half of the season, 1,697 minutes. He was playing every minute of every game whenever it started um, for the Galaxy. Maybe if he stays healthy, I think you said it. If he stays healthy, if Chicha stays healthy, it's a different. I, I, maybe it's a different team. Um, Derek Williams at 1,670 minutes, roughly. Victor Vasquez, 1,632. Kleshton, 1,395. You were talking about him. Kulavale, 1,422. And finally, Efrain Alvarez, 1,253. There's others. I just stopped there because the list kept going on more well, and more and more. I, I'm sorry. I don't understand a team where Efrain Alvarez plays more minutes than Daniel Steris. You, Sorry, you don't want to don't be, get it. You don't want to be part of that world. I don't want to be part don't of a world it. where no. Efrain Alvarez plays more than Daniel Steris. Hey, um... That's not a knock on Efrain. I'm 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 part of the Dan Stares Martin and Chowder Society. Yeah. <laughs> things change, Kevin. This is you know, hey, we've been doing this for a long time. This is my thirteenth year covering the LA Galaxy. I have seen everything. I've seen Leonardo but, but, yeah, mean, be named the Defender of the Year. I have seen yeah, everything. I, I remember that. But you know, Dan Stares is the guy who always kind of gets dissed and then winds up 
riding to the rescue. Dave Romney used to do that every year too. Uh, now he's doing it in Nashville. Actually, he's not riding the rescue. He's part of the rescue team. Um, but uh, you know, I, I just, I don't think Dan Starr has had a bad season. I don't understand why, how he got in that doghouse. And certainly he wasn't any worse than any of the other center backs they had. Are you sure? I don't know. I kind of thought he played a lot. Tell, tell me where I'm wrong. What's what didn't you like about Dan Starr's? Nothing. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that either. I just it was it was one of those things. Um, let's let's have some fun. Let's see if this works. <clears throat> Why not? It's nine o'clock. Is this your lifeline? Yeah, I'm calling out. We're, we're gonna see. We're gonna see if he's paying attention. You should say on the air who you're calling. I, I will. I will. If he picks up, I will. I will tell everybody who it is. But he's he's probably like, why is my phone ringing? Yeah, I want to finish watching the podcast. Yes, absolutely. He's is he really not going to? He he's not watching he's not. tonight. He's watching. That's why he's not picking up. Okay, I was I was I left it go. He he didn't he didn't answer. I'm going to give him a second. Larry, Larry Morgan, we're trying to call you, so you should answer your phone, Larry, or call me back. Do something. Larry should be watching this somewhere. I, I would imagine he is. Um, building models. The the reason don't 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 harass Larry. This is his night. We're going to be nice to him. Um, the reason we're calling Larry Morgan is that, uh, yesterday at the game, Larry, uh, told me in our elevator ride up, by the way, I walked into the gates, um, and, and saw Larry as he was making one of his, uh, paces around the stadium, which he does, uh, uh so often whenever we, we go to games, he usually gets down and walks around the stadium a couple times. Um, but Larry's there and he told me that, uh, he's almost 70 years old and he was going to, he was going to call it quits. He didn't want to write anymore and he, he wanted to just enjoy his, his time there. So, um, there he is. Here he is. Mr. Mr. Larry Morgan, you're live on the air. How's it going, buddy? Are you there? Hold on. Let me fix it. I, I'll fix I know it. He's, I know he's not on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Yeah, he's not on Twitter. He's definitely here. Okay, I put you I put you into the show now, Larry. How are you doing? Oh, we lost him. See, this, this is great. This <laughs> Larry Morgan. This, this is a lot Larry of fun. Morgan. All right, Larry, give me one second. Let me make sure I put you into the show here. All right, Larry, can you hear me? Apparently, he doesn't want to talk to me. Larry, are you there? I feel I feel like he's there. I feel like he's here. Yeah, yeah. There he is. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Okay, do, do you have us now, Larry? Can you hear us? This is great. This is great radio. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We got you. Can you hear us? No. This is like a Zoom call. Yeah, I know. I know. This game. is like mute. Mute the thing. Hold Unmute on. Mute yourself. Hold on, Larry. I'm gonna call you back here in a second. I, I really wanted. I really wanted to try to do this and make it like seamless and clearly. Nothing... I'll, I'll tell some Larry Morgan trivia while you're doing this. You, you know, Larry and I worked together back in 1977. 1970. Larry, is that is that true? Do I actually have you in this now? Okay. Appa apparently. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, apparently we're not going to get you on here, Larry. However, however much. Uh, barely. Oh, you can ba you can barely hear us. It feels like you're ten minutes behind us on this. He, don't listen to the pod, Larry. Listen to the phone. <laughs> this is turn That's your radio. Turn your radio down, Larry. Turn your. Okay, we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna call First it. First time we, caller, long time listener. Yeah, I worked at the San Gabriel Valley Tribune my senior year in high school. Larry was our writer there. He actually wrote a story about me. He was the prep writer for a while. He wrote a story about me as a cross country runner. I got a job there and worked with him. And one time Larry had to give me a ride home after a late night. It was like two in the morning. And he drove drove me home to my house in La Puente. And uh, for a guy from Cleveland, he was pretty scared. He didn't want to come back. 
Kevin, you, you, Kevin, you, Kevin you keep talking for a second. I'm going to try to work on Larry here for a second. So just take it away. Yeah, that was before Josh's parents were born. That's that's how far long ago that was. But Larry has been covering soccer in Southern California for more than 40 years. Covered the old LA Aztecs, covered the Galaxy when they started, um, covered Chivas USA for a while. Um, Josh thinks he's the dean of, he thinks he invented soccer here, but not, it was actually Larry Morgan. Josh is still working there. I got to, I got to, I got to string this out. So anyway, want me to keep talking? Uh, I don't know. Larry, Larry, okay. did, did we successfully bring you into the show? I can't believe this. I literally was just talking to him on the phone. I know this is working. Uh, let's yeah, try, I let, can hear you. I okay. Mean, okay. Uh, good, good, good. I got you. I got you, Larry. You are in the show now. Okay. All right. Heavy on my phone. All right. All right, Larry is in the show, Kevin. We did it somehow. I don't know how. All right, anyway, so Larry... That, that wasn't worth it, by the way. It was not worth it. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's like, you know, talking. Everybody here is like, this should have been over 10 minutes ago, which, by the way, fair. Um, so, Larry, what was my house like that time you took me home? I can barely I can barely remember taking it home that night, but I do know it was a lousy neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> that, that... And, it was, and it was dark. There were no lights on the street. Yeah. Man, I, tell you, I, I felt like I was, you know... The, I don't don't say where don't say what you th think it was. No, I don't know. No. no, but but Larry, no, I was talking. No. You you said you told me yesterday we were in the elevator, we were riding up, and you said that you know after after uh, all this time covering soccer, covering sports, forty, around, years. 40, 40 years, years, forty years of covering that that you're hanging it up. Um, and I was not surprised yeah. because um, I I could I could tell that it was coming. But I mean, uh, it's still it's still sad. I'm gonna be sappy here for a second. Um, Larry was covering uh, the LA Galaxy and writing for LAGalaxy.com whenever I met him, whenever I knew him, um, and we used to say hi all the time, and we'd talk, and we'd do all that some fun stuff. And then whenever that gig sort of ended, I said, "Hey, Larry, you know, if you want to keep covering soccer and covering the LA Galaxy, you're more than welcome to come over and just cover, um, you know, for Corner of the Galaxy. You know, we're just you can write. I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. Show up whenever you want. There's no there's no rules for it." Um, and you were because like, there's no pay for it yeah, because there's no pay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 Josh. Yes. Josh, I asked you. Oh, see, uh, of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Um, and, and, and ever since then, you know, obviously I, I will say that, uh, being a young, uh, idiot, uh, you were, you were more than gracious enough to, to hang around with me and teach me things and tell me how bad my writing was, but in a nice way. Um, and then, you know, hopefully fix things for me that I'm sure have been fixed now, um, that never would have been fixed before. And, uh, your, your grading of the national anthems is really the, probably the biggest thing I'm going to miss because after every national anthem, everybody knows you give a thumbs up or a thumbs down or sideways or however it goes. Here's I thought yesterday one of the better was, ones I've heard. Yeah, the last one was one. You you were pretty happy. Kevin, what were you saying? I was going to say, for a look, an inside look at how the sausage is made, people don't know that anyone who reads my Tuesday soccer newsletter in the LA Times, both of you out there, know that Larry Morgan is the one that edits that. Yes. Yep. For free yep. as well. For, for free. Yeah, for free as well. Kevin, you and I owe him a lot of lunches. I think Aries, Larry <laughs> yeah. says I owe him 83 lunches. Is that correct, Larry? about 82 i think right yeah. now okay all right all right that's good larry tell me um I, I know you texted me some things tell me your your top five best soccer players you've ever covered or, okay or seen in person yeah okay the top five i've ever seen in person number one is johan cruyff um saw him play with the la aztecs in the late 70s at the rose bowl he was far and away the best player in that league i saw him Execute his more or less patented spin move around a defender left him standing like a statue and he sent a cross into the penalty area where it was headed into the goal by none other than Thomas Ranjan, a rookie defender at, at the time. 
And what's funny about that is about 10 years ago, I saw Ranjan at the Galaxy office. I was in there. I think, it, I think this might have been when I was stringing for the Galaxy. And Ranjan remembered that play. He still, he still remembered it, even though it was about 30 years later. That, that's, that's awesome. All right, who else, who else is on your list? All right, number two, Lionel Messi. Um, the thing that really impressed me about Messi is he has extremely quick feet. Um, you know, another type of football, the NFL, uh, the Cowboys used to have a running back, Tony Dorsett, had a tremendous burst of acceleration through the line of scrimmage. And Messi had that same characteristic. He was one of the very few players who I've covered in my years as a sports writer who could get up to full speed in the blink of an eye. He was, he was so impressive. All right. Who's, number, ne- who's next on the list? Number three on my list is Thierry Henry. Uh, so I'm play. Shut uh, up, Thierry Bar- Henry. Pardon? <laughs> Shut up, Thierry, Shut up Henry. Thierry Henry. Yes, that was, that was Ted Lasso. When he was a Barcelona at the Rose Bowl. And I remember talking to A.J. De La Garza, whose trade from, from the Galaxy still boggles my mind. I have no idea why they made that trade. But but he faced Henri that night. He told me later that Henri was the was the strongest player he's ever faced up to that point. And what's what's funny about that is earlier that summer, De La Garza play, or faced, who was a rookie at the time, faced another fairly talented player named Ronaldinho. And he right. more than hell was against him, too. Yep. Yep. Uh, I remember that. All right. What's who's yeah. your, who's your four? Number four on my list is Gareth Bale, um, the Welsh standout who kind of has lost it over the last few years. Uh, when he was with Tottenham, when they had a friendly against the Galaxy about maybe ten years ago, and simply put, he was just a man among boys. Yeah, I, I, and, he was, yeah. and he was only like 21, 22 at the time. He was he was so he so far outclassed everybody else on that field. He was so good. And, and you're uh, and you're number five. Pardon, number five. You know, I, people are saying, "Well, how about Cristiano Ronaldo?" Well, I never saw him play in person, but number five on my list is Latan Ibrahimovic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still say, even though he only played a year and a half in this league, I still say he's the greatest goal scorer this league has ever seen. Yeah. Uh, he was motivated. I remember talking to Joe Tutino about this and that story that we ran on the site a couple years ago, when he was motivated. He was good for at least two two goals a game, and and he didn't play with a chip on his shoulder. He played with a rocket Gibraltar on his shoulder. He dared anybody to knock it off. Yeah. A uh, very very underrated passer, tremendous feet, uh, just almost almost an unstoppable object when he was at the top of his game. But those are my top five all-time players I've seen in person. Very good. Hey, Larry, I mean, you know, I, I know you're a Cleveland guy uh, coming from Ohio. Uh, you've covered uh, you've covered sports for, you know, for 40 years. You covered soccer since its infancy here in the United States. Um, I told you this, and I'm, I'm making it official whenever I say it on the air, um, is that you are more than welcome to come back for any amount of games next year you want. You want to do one? You can do one. You want to do two? You can do two. Uh, if you just want to steal my tickets to go to games, you can steal my tickets to go to games, however that however that works. But um, truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I, I appreciate everything that you've done for, for Corner of the Galaxy. I appreciate you coming on the podcast so many times. I appreciate our talks in the press box and us arguing and yelling at each other uh, whenever we sit next to each other. In fact, Damian told us to keep it down uh, in, the, in this last game because we were, we were yelling at each other, which is, uh, which yeah. is great, but I, I love you, buddy. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you around, uh, and so I'm I'm not sad uh, because I know that I will still be texting you on a regular basis. So I, I Larry, purposely I poured this 12 year old scotch, um, which is nowhere near as as old as your 70 years you're approaching. 
I have some Dale Pellegrino. Yep. So, so Kevin, Kevin, and I are are, are toasting you. So, uh, here's to uh, some time off and watching soccer as a fan, maybe. All right. Here you go, Josh. Hey, Josh. Yes. Guys, yes, Larry. I just want to say it was an honor and a pleasure writing for your website, which I think is fantastic. I mean, I've always felt if you really want Galaxy news, go to Corner of the Galaxy. There's nothing better out out there. Um, you, you you've always impressed me with your commitment and where you find the time to do all these especially those damn charts is beyond me uh but you do a great job and kevin you do a great job as well i enjoy reading your newsletter every week you know it saves, saves me the hassle trying to subscribe to it uh but <laughs> you're, but you're still awake. you've read it today and you're still awake which is amazing <laughs> by the right. way you you two you but, two guys you, you got two you guys need to get a room but before i let larry go we got your top five. I, I I don't disagree with your top five, but was Christian Williamson number six? I'm just curious. <laughs> that was where he that was mine. That's my. He's my number oh, okay. one. You know that. Oh, Jurgen Shelvick was number six. <laughs> That's who it was. <laughs> right ahead of people. Oh, wonderful. Hey, Larry. I uh, sorry to bother you. Thank you for picking up the phone call. Yes, I will. I will talk to you very soon, my friend. And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll get you uh, modeling some more. Can, uh, Larry likes to do a lot of uh, modeling, mostly World War II tanks stuff like that. Um, although we get him some yeah. Lego stuff on occasion too. So, Larry, I don't know when we're gonna throw you like a retirement party, but we'll figure it out and we'll throw it. And you know, turn, turn up your hearing aid so you hear the phone next. <laughs> hey, I, I, I had surgery on both ears. I don't wear hearing aids anymore. Yeah, that's right. Remember? Oh, don't you, don't that, you remember that? So you don't hear it all then? Yeah, then now he can't hear it all. No, no, he hears it's fine. Larry, buddy, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, guys. Hey, thank you very See much you, Larry. again. Right. And a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. All right. There we go. Mr. You know, Mr. Larry Morgan. Yes. Larry, Larry was destined to write for the Galaxy, and here's why. I made this mistake early in my Galaxy writing career where I referred to him several times as Lars, which is his nickname from when we worked together at the San Gabriel Valley Tribune. I, I searched for it for Larry or something. But Lars, obviously Lars has a, L-A-R-S has a much different meaning around the galaxy. Right. And I kept referring to him as Lars and people didn't understand the reference. But that's how we know that ga that Larry has galaxy blue and gold in his blood. He he has he has been doing it for a while. So Larry's great. Um, I think that's it. Let's let's call this a show. I know it's late. You have stuff to we do. We can't follow. Yeah, we can't follow up the, to Larry. There's there's nothing else there. I, yeah. I I am sad uh, that Larry's not going to be there anymore. And, and but at the same time, I do talk to him like every day. And I imagine I, that won't change. Um, so maybe a little more golfing for Larry, even though he's not a good yeah. golfer. And he'll tell you that. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. You are you have all kinds of rights to different golf courses you are taking larry golfing oh yeah soon soon at a real course at a real course not those public courses that he plays no no we wouldn't we would not want to uh to allow you first of all i would never take you real golfing because you'd show no, up in that no. little like leprechaun outfit that you had whenever we did mini golf last time you're like you're like yeah but it was funny i told you that last last night and you're like yeah but it was funny i'm like yeah but it was pretty weird too so um, it was, but I also won. Yeah, uh, apparently. I, I don't believe it at all. By the way, uh, Raphael uh, gave us a $10 super chat. And says, thank you guys for always providing a fun and informative show. I look forward to all the number 10 DP rumors. I feel that that's the way it's going, too. So I, I agree 100% number 10. All right, Kevin. You good? Sergio Aguero. Sergio Aguero uh, in the LAX airport right now. No, don't. On his way. Don't do that. Oh, can you, you know, it's going to be that way all winter. Every European player that that is near the end of a contract is on his way here. I will I will do this before we actually go because it's something that we haven't talked about that we need to talk about, and that's Dennis DeClosa real quick. Oh, um, yes. You know, the LA Galaxy option or exercised his option. We know that. 
Um, I would say that there's a very small chance that that Dennis Acosta actually stays with the LA Galaxy um, for for the next season, and and we've heard the rumors coming out of um, Holland um, that Fe- Feyenoord, I think, is I don't remember how to say it correctly, but um, that they're interested in him. Uh, I think that decision happens here rather quickly, right, Kevin? I think so. Um, I've heard that there may be an announcement by the end of the week. As to Dennis's future, we assume that means he's leaving, but it could mean he's staying. We don't know that Galaxy did apparently pick up his option. By the way, the answer to Larry's question of he didn't understand how AJ De La Garza got traded, the answer to that question is Pete Vienas. That that is the correct answer. Yeah, that's for another day. And Chris Klein, by the way, because that's that's also under his his tutelage. Um, So, and and people can connect the dots. That may have something to do with Dennis Declosa's departure. Not. AJ Delagarza. I was going to say just, AJ. Is AJ the, the reason? General, general uh, issues, perhaps in in the offices there at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park. We'll uh, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting off season, and if Dennis leaves, do the LA Galaxy bring in another general manager? We'll have a lot of off season to talk about that, so I'm not necessarily concerned about it. But I do think that that decision is approaching rapidly, and we'll see. So, uh, if Dennis point. leaves, we're going to miss him. He was a class guy, quality guy, always helpful to us. Very if he helpful. stays, we will welcome him with 12-year-old scotch. 12-year-old scotch. I mean, you know, I'll do that for... for any- No, nobody gets to drink my scotch. This is a, like a, you know, a limited qu- quantity over here. <sighs> I never I, I never got any of it. Yeah, exactly. Dig that. 100% <laughs> correct. All right. Uh, by the way, LA Native says, uh, what's Tim Laiwiki doing? And I I just... There's... Mm-hmm. Yes. Somebody said, hey, should Todd Donovan become the president of the LA Galaxy? I thought that was a really good answer, a, a question as well. So um, just... Tim Laiwiki is not coming back because he's he's doing great with all of his things he's got going on now. He's, he, Tim always does great. That's the that's the thing about Laiwiki. So very good. All right. Uh, Kevin, anything else? Why don't you tell people where they can find you? We'll go. Kevin... Uh, oh, yeah. At the LATimes.com. There you go. At, Our, uh, at K11. Yeah. Oh, um, I always say it. At Twitter. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's, I, I have no idea where I am. I have no idea. If, if you're no looking, clue. if you're looking for Kevin Baxter, you can find him at kbaxter11. Please head on over to latimes.com where you can find all of his articles, all of his writing. You can find it right there. La Times, all edited by Larry Morgan, all edited by for a limited time only. That's for sure. Uh, so please check that out. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerthegalaxy.com. Full media call from after the game last night is up. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. All of our game recaps are there. This podcast will be there. Like, subscribe, do all those fun things. All right. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, for Mr. Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have a long offseason. Hang in there with us. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.